This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we also have in studio Mr. Aaron Bean. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, Eric. Aaron, and I'll play a little background music for him, is from Whip City Fiber. And we are excited to have him here. Because uh, what Aaron can offer you in Westfield, Mass., is 1,000 megabits of broadband speed for prices of starting at what? $69.95. 69 bucks a month for 1,000 megabits. Up and down, right? That's gigabit that is, speed. That is that is gigabit speed, and it is up and down. <laughs> it's amazing. It is amazing. So Whip City Fiber, they are just across the border in Westfield, Mass. That's correct. And we were talking a little off air about you know the name Whip City. You guys were known for what? Buggy whip manufacturing. <laughs> yep. Back in the uh, late 1800s, Westfield was the uh, largest buggy whip center of the world. And obviously, these days we talk about you know what happens with the buggy whips. You know, of the days they go they go away because technology changes them. And for you guys to now have stepped into offering this type of technology, it's just a great dichotomy of that. You know, the buggy whip manufacturer in the world, the biggest buggy whip manufacturer of the world, is now offering thousand megabit internet connection for seventy bucks a month. Sixty nine, sorry, sixty nine. <laughs> so we're excited to have Aaron here to talk about it. Because uh, obviously we need more of this um, for folks, uh, businesses, and uh, home users to have access to the internet. And uh, so Whip City is a municipal broadband company, right? What does that kind of mean? Well, Westfield Gas and Electric is a uh, 118-year-old municipal gas and electric utility Mm -hmm. that uh, about 20 years ago uh, started to get into the ISP business when dial-up modems were prevalent. Right, internet service provider, ISP. Internet service provider, that's correct. And so for the last 20 years, we've been kind of quiet. We've uh, just been servicing larger commercial, industrial customers, helping them with their internet needs, with Mm -hmm. their networking needs. And we've uh, developed a nice little niche business. And so three years ago, we looked to see if we could offer this to the residents of Westfield. We looked outside our borders and saw a number of other communities that were being successful in this, Mm -hmm. in attracting businesses, keeping businesses, and helping to uh, keep Residence rates lower. Yeah. So we uh, embarked on a pilot program, mm-hmm. and uh, we built uh, one neighborhood out and to test the waters, to see how it would work. To and test- they loved you. They loved us. To, uh, <laughs> we tested our market research, and, yeah. and it all proved uh, exactly how we had expected from that. Mm-hmm. And so in 2016, we uh, built out nine more neighborhoods, nice. bringing up to number 10. And tested some more things, different vendors, different um, underground versus overhead construction, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that, once again, proved out true again. You give somebody a 1,000 megabits, you can pretty much do nothing wrong. Sure. <laughs> and so then uh, in just earlier this year, in yeah. February, we were um, awarded a $15 million bond to build out another 40 neighborhoods nice. in Westfield. Now, the math will work out over how long will it take for you guys to kind of break even? or We're going to be cash flow positive within five years. That's nice. Oh, and those prices are so low. The, the, the thing that gets me so excited about this is clearly what we're paying now for broadband generally is too high. 
And as you, what you would say as a municipal, as a municipal entity, your, your goal is what? Well, our goal is uh, cost minimization, not profit maximization. Right. Right. And if you've heard me talk about municipal anything these, uh, in this show, I'm not that confident in government's ability to do a good job. But I've even said off the air that even if you only give them half of what you promise at that price, they'll still love you. But you're going to obviously give them what you promise. You've, you're, you've done this for so many years as far as being successful in offering ISP services at the dial-up level that you have a, a long track record of offering quality service. That's correct. Yeah, we've developed a really good rapport with our customers in mm-hmm. Westfield uh, as, as being a great service provider, mm-hmm. whether it be gas or electric. Right. Really, that's what it comes down to in, in any business is how good of a service can you deliver to the customer? Because a small, little-known fact that the bits are really not the costliest portion of all of this. It right. really comes down to is the service that's being provided. Now, when you say the service, is it what do you mean, the infrastructure or the talking about the customer service, the technical service? Okay, and those. Yeah, because the actual connectivity you're saying is not that difficult. Yeah, the delivering of the bits themselves, the cost of the wholesale bits on the market is a negligible portion of the entire cost of delivering that. Well, we should talk about that. So, you you guys were able to connect up to a large pipe of some kind mm-hmm. to offer the service to your customers. Um, how difficult is that for for companies to do, to do? I mean, is it is it something that any municipal entity could offer, uh, especially here in Connecticut or any other uh, what, uh, Massachusetts customers or companies offer the ability to make that connection, that interconnect to the internet that you've done? You're saying is not that expensive or not that difficult? Well, it, you have to be geographically located. And there mm-hmm. has to be infrastructure available nearby where you can then connect up to an internet point of presence. So that's what you would look up, point of presence type of proximity? Or how, how would somebody go about finding that information out to see if they're even within point of presence range? Well, there's a number of service providers out there. Some of the, the cable companies offer it. Some of them are Tier 1 providers. And there's a number of other Tier 1 providers that I'm sure run through the Hartford area and probably a number of point of presences in, uh, in so, Hartford. So Tier 1 is the key? Tier 1 is the number 1, and then Tier 2 would be down. And that'd be, that. you guys are Tier 2? It would be a Tier 3. You're Tier 3. Wow. I hate, so tier, So you're saying our cable providers here in Connecticut, Cox, Comcast, Tier 1, have larger broadband pipes than they're offering, obviously. But that you, you would think that we could find a way to connect to them as a Tier 3 provider if I had the infrastructure to do it. And they were willing to offer it, correct? They have to be willing to offer that connection because if I came in at 100 bucks a month, as compared to what they're offering, which is five, six, eight times that. That might be an interesting conversation, right? It might be an interesting conversation, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, so you need to be able to find a Tier 1 competitor that's not going to cause an issue with these guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to figure out how to get connected, Aaron. Um, Move to Westfield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We talked about a little bit of that off the air. I mean, yeah, I mean, that can be... A economic. I mean, here in Connecticut, we're still revolutionary, as the saying goes. But we're not getting anywhere when it comes to broadband. We're paying an arm and a leg for really crappy speeds. You have something you're offering the, the folks at Westfield, so you could actually go to your your economic development folks and say, "Hey, let's market the fact that we're a high speed community." And I mean, a business connection is what a hundred bucks. Hundred bucks for a standard business connection. Standard is a thousand megabits. Yeah. What's not standard? You have more. You'd offer more. Well, if you're looking for a higher grade of service. Better SLA service level agreements, right. uh, you know, more throughput that's a typical smaller business would require. Right. Than uh, more, you know, the, more than a thousand. 
Well, remember that's a thousand megabit connection, right? It's yes. how much how much are you pulling down sustained as right. far as data is concerned. So there's some people. I mean, theoretically, you could say, well, it's for eighty nine ninety five, and I'm going to stand up a game farm or a, oh, a, right, right, a right. call center, and that's not really what the service is for. No, this is for the general business use right. at that eighty nine ninety five. And we have a large footprint as a company at Tab Computer Systems, and the way we came across WebCity was one of our customers was connecting up, and we couldn't believe it. I mean, we couldn't. We, we, a lot of routers out there can't even sustain that land-to-land throughput of a gigabit speed. Mm-hmm. So you have this great low-price service of, you know, 100 bucks a month, but you got to find a pretty high-end router to even get close. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the inexpensive business routers can get you maybe 800, you know, land-to-land throughput. We had to, to replace the uh, firewall on the on uh, the client that we installed it for. Right. Because their yeah. firewall can only do 35 megabits, <laughs> yeah. which is whoopee here in Connecticut. That's like that's like wicked fast, man. Yeah. So the technology internally has to be upgraded to accommodate this great new service. So we're going to be here till uh, about 10:30 because then we have uh, UConn football. And Aaron, you're going to stick around. Sure. Um, we'll talk more about uh, Whip City Fiber and how you guys could uh, possibly here in Connecticut get connected uh, if you're a a business or a municipal entity out there and you're and you're considering something like this, feel free to call in. We'd love to have you. 1-800-953-1080. Um, call on that line, 1-800-953-1080. It's a contest line. Uh, that way you can get in and ask Aaron your questions because if we could have more competition in Connecticut, we can lower broadband rates so that we're actually, actually become revolutionary. Huh? Hey, what about it? We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here with Aaron Bean from Whip City Fiber. Yes, the buggy whip capital of the world has faster internet than you. And uh, Whip City is offering municipal broadband fiber optic network to their, how many uh, potential customers could you have? We have about 16,000 residents and in, in homes in Westfield. And they all have the opportunity to connect to this. Eventually, yes. Right now we're building out, we're under construction, we have another year build, and we'll be through about 70% of the town by that time. That's awesome. We talked a little bit off air. Um, the technology about all this is, again, part of the reason I want Aaron here is to kind of try to help folks understand. It might make your hair hurt a little bit. Uh, the technology as far as how you connect to the Tier 1 provider. Um I've always known it to be a bunch of switches and technology you got to, of course, maintain across the network. But Aaron was talking about a technology that allows a little less of that, which is called GPON. GPON, okay. Yeah, and the GPON is Gigabit Passive Optic Network. And we still have switches, you know, our core routers, our core switches that connect right. up to those tier um, service providers and their service aggregation switches. Mm-hmm. And then once it gets to the distribution level, we use this GPON type of equipment, which then helps distribute that out to the end customer. And it allows um, a number of customers to be transported across a single fiber, both up and down, both download and upload. Just splicing right in. Splicing in and then using splitters out in the field um, to distribute that to a number of homes. So Isn't that kind of like the way the cable service works? It is. It okay. is very similar. Yep. That's good. Yeah. So it's low, lower technology. Yep, as it's far a as, lower cost. Right. The end units um, are, you know, in the hundred dollar range, so it's just like a cable modem. Yep. And uh, versus a switch, which will cost you a thousand dollars. Yeah, and you got to maintain it, firmware updates, power it, all that fun stuff. This doesn't require anything along the way. Correct. Just at the end point. That's the beauty of of these fiber optic networks. These passive optic networks. They don't require any power between the head end and the customer. 
So power outages will not affect that. Oh, you get broadband with a power outage? You can. But you guys are giving the power, so they'll be calling you about that. So. Yeah, we're pretty good in that respect. <laughs> oh, that is, I just, that just blew my mind. To have broadband. You just have the UPS and you never lose the internet. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things that we talk about here, and I've been whining about it forever, is the barrier to entry, right, for for folks. And we talked about this before we came on the air as far as how you guys own the poles, right? So you guys are the infrastructure. Correct. So here in Connecticut, you know, I'm sure there's some, you know, lobbying group that's keeping everybody off the poles. That's my contention at least. How how much space do you need on a pole to make this work so that, again, other folks can get in this business? Sure. Typically, the industry carves out about 12 inches of space for 12 any, inches? any attache. Yeah. Is that a subway 12 inches or an actual 12 inches? <laughs> 12 inches. 12 inches. <laughs> That's not that much space. How much, of a, how much a round of a cable are we talking about? Because you have a lot of strands going through that cable, I assume. Sure. Sure. It's, um, it's not that large. It's less than an inch. In many cases, and then the huh. further you get out, it's even smaller. So twelve inches is plenty of room. Twelve inches is plenty of room. So then the key, the key here, in, 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 or in any other municipal entity, is to deal with getting those twelve inches. Um, we've dealt with customers. You know, we're, we've got right one right now, a car dealership that's trying to get their their system connected, and the provider, you know, is fighting with getting access to the poles. You know, obviously it's mm-hmm. an eversource issue. Um, if it's carved out. What kind of barriers? Like, if I want to come in, obviously, and compete with it, with Whip City, which would be obviously mm-hmm. stupid to do that. Uh, but let's say I want to do that. How hard would it be to get a spot on your pole? And how much would it cost? Is it expensive to get an inch on your pole? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's processes and procedures. As it were, entering utilities, and so you have the the incumbent uh, voice utility, right? And then you have your electric utility. Many places they're joint owners of these poles, so they'll own one half of the pole. So there's petitions, agreements that have to be made between each of those entities to, mm-hmm. to attach to the pole. Gotcha. And then at that point, um, if, once that uh, petition has been made, the utilities have to uh, engineer the pole, take a look at it, make sure that there's sufficient space on the pole for you to attach to. Right. Uh, based on the 12 inches that are available, how many have been consumed? Correct. That shouldn't take a lot of effort, though. I mean, you should know what's on your pole. Yeah, it, it doesn't take too much effort. No. There's usually, well, in Massachusetts, there's... Uh, Flat rates that are that are set by the utilities to to do this work um, per pole, so you get an idea of what the cost would be to do a, a what's called a pole survey. Okay, and at that point, they will be able to tell you what the cost would be for you to attach that pole to to provide the space on the pole. Now we just saw a lot of hurricanes rip through all sorts of areas, and we see all these poles down. And you know, again, being you guys are the buggy capital of the whips, the the buggy whip capital of the world, you're now putting in fiber back on poles. Mm-hmm. Is there another way besides poles that we could do this that is cost effective, or have you pretty much found that this is the way to go? Well, there's obviously the underground possibility right. that is costlier. Right. Um, you know, there is ways to transmit broadband. That's Wi-Fi is another option. Did you guys um, look into that as far as hopping around with these services? Yeah, we've looked into that. However, mm-hmm. from what we saw from other um, stories, that they weren't as successful. They don't have the throughput that people are really looking for mm-hmm. nowadays. Right. You know, you're only getting fifty, hundred tops on, on many of these. Only. Wi-Fi. That's pretty much everybody in Connecticut. So he's he's ranking on us, and just that's a little passive aggressive there by Aaron. <laughs> 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 only getting a hundred. 
Jeez. I know I'm spoiled. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, that's why it's so cool that you're here. So um, as far as, too, when you're on the pole, how much flexibility? I mean, these poles move in the wind, and this is fiber. It's pretty delicate. Uh, how much how much can it take? Can it take Actually, fiber is really resilient. If you oh, is it? That. No. Yeah, it may be glass, but it has a very high tensile strength. Really? I didn't and, know that. And um, when it's installed in the communication space, it has a backbone of a, a stranded steel messenger. And the okay. cable is actually lashed to that. When it's placed in the power space, the part top of the pole, mm-hmm. it's using di- all dielectric cable. And that actually has a Kevlar jacket and a strength member in the middle that is all dielectric, but very strong. Oh, okay. So yeah. I'll give you an example. Yeah. I'll give you an example of how strong this stuff is. So we had an aerial crossing going across I 90, the turnpike, mass mm-hmm. turnpike. Mm-hmm. And a plane came and hit, hit the crossing and took down our electric cables. Our fiber was on those poles, too. That was laying across the road. So the electric cables are broke. The fiber never got broke. Hmm. We had to end up going down with bolt cutters to cut the fiber to pull it off the road wow. so that we could open up the mass pipe. That's how resilient this stuff is. Wow. That's awesome. So the, you're hoping that Category 3, 4 storms don't take the poles down. Um, but again, if it's still connected, you still got fiber. You may not have power, right. but you've got you've got your internet. Very good. 1-800-953-1080 if you have any questions for Aaron. You're not going to have a lot of opportunity to talk to somebody who's got access to a 1,000 megabit broadband. I mean, we're all jealous. Um, and uh, if you have any questions about how it works or if you happen to be a municipal entity looking at this in Connecticut, please tell me there are somebody out there doing this. Um, Feel free to get online, 1-800-953-1080. And we'll get to your calls, too, as far as your questions. Everything we'll talk about today will be posted uh, over at our old-fashioned website at computertalkwithtab.com. We'll be on Facebook as well. If you like us on Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg deems it worthy, our newsfeed will get to you. And then, of course, you can follow us on the old Twitter. We'll be right back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And in studio, we have Whip City Fiber, Aaron Bean, offering 1,000 megabits up and down to their customers in Westfield, Mass. And uh, and doing it well. And that's the the part that is awesome to hear. Um, I've always been a bit of a, a municipal skeptic. Um, but we need competition. I don't care how we get it. And if Aaron's going to offer it in a quality way, more power to him. Um, we talked a little bit off air as far as how folks might connect um, within maybe the state of Connecticut uh, to be able to offer this service themselves. Because there's no, there's no reason that you know, a plumbing company couldn't decide to get in the broadband business, right? Sure, if they got deep enough pockets. Gotcha. So it has to do with proximity to pop point of presence locations, correct? That is correct, yes. Okay, and you called them? Carrier hotels. I've never heard that term before, carrier hotel. So if you're within a, a, lo- a close enough proximity to a carrier hotel, you can choose your tier one provider you want to connect to because they're all combined in this hotel, yes. quote unquote. And then you, you go ahead and contract, in this case, with Eversource, whoever, whoever has access to the pole for a part of that 12 inches that's available. That's correct, too. And then you start building out your network with the same type of uh, G. G-pon. Pond technology. Just splice it in there and you can go. Yep. 
That is correct. Yes. But it's not as simple as I'm saying. Obviously, a plumbing company. Hey, guys, you're very technical people, but maybe an IT company or some sort of technological company. Um, there's 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 no other barriers. Any license? Any federal licensing that's required? Any any regulation that you had to deal with to to offer this? Well, you have to be licensed to uh, to be a telecom company as well. Um, okay. In mis- municipalities, at least in Massachusetts, um, are all the the towns that are looking to attach to the poles are municipal light plants. They've actually established themselves as municipal light plants, mm-hmm. and in the statute allows for municipal light plants, obviously, to attach to poles. Yeah. Strange concept. That's awesome. So that's how very they are, forward thinking of it. Yes. So that's how they're <laughs> accomplishing it there. Um, but there are other. I can't speak for Connecticut, but no. perhaps the regulations allow for municipalities to attach to utility poles as well. But that's something that would have to be investigated. Right. And I think I brought back, I brought up a few past shows. You know, Wallingford here in Connecticut has some of the lowest electric rates in the state, and they're a municipal electric company. They would be ideally suited to offer something like this. I hope they're listening. I sure do, too. <laughs> and if you're not, you know, we're podcasted, so hopefully somebody will link our podcast over to somebody in Wallingford, and they'll call Aaron up and say, how'd you do this? And We'd love to talk to them. Oh, you know, this is all about sharing information, especially right. with other municipalities. It's all about keeping the costs low. And the reason, the reason it's here, the opportunity, is that there's obviously plenty of room as far as the uh, amount of money you can make. I mean, you wouldn't be doing this, A, if your customers already had access to high-speed broadband at a fair price. Correct. You wouldn't be doing it. No. Um, why? Why would you bother? You'd still do electric and, and something else, right? Why, why bother? But you you have to do it because, A, the broadband companies are not getting out to your customers, um, even though they could. Yep. They, they haven't been serving our customers, and that's what we've heard right. you know, everywhere we go. Right. You know? and so Westfield does have a, an incumbent you know, cable provider. Right. But we've heard across the landscape that they customers were just not happy with the level of customer service they were receiving. That's pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, so the idea here that you could get in this business, and if, if Whip City is able to, let's call it break even, I don't know their math, but let's say they can break even on a, at 100 bucks a month for business gigabit connections, charge 200 bucks. That's still gobs of money to be made in broadband high speed, and you'll crush what the folks at Comcast, Cox, and those other guys are selling it to us for because clearly we're being overpriced. Mm-hmm. Clearly. <laughs> um, so uh, there's plenty of opportunity out there, and uh, hopefully folks are listening and get in this business because we need more competition. Um, hopefully lobbyists aren't listening and they're going to figure out ways to put some sort of barrier to that 12 inches that we told everybody about. But I do appreciate you coming on, Aaron. Do you want to hang around at all? or uh, I'll hang around for a little bit longer. Right. If you guys don't have any questions specifically for Aaron, 1-800-953-1080. It's the contest line, and uh, you can get on and ask a specific municipal broadband question. Or if you're a municipal entity, here's your guy. <laughs> but let's get to your uh, IT calls real quick here. You're, you're, uh, you've been on for quite a while here. We're going to go right to Jim in West Hartford first. Hey, Jim, what's up? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm, I'm having problems with uh, my Windows and Firefox. What happens is um, when I come out of sleep or when I turn the computer on originally, mm-hmm. uh, I should say I have a Dell uh, laptop yeah. uh, and Windows 7. Uh, it takes a long time to sh- turn on. And then if I try to open Windows Update or Malabiteware or uh, Norton Security, there's a long la- lag while the thing is going around in a loop. Right. This is uh, this is coming out of sleep mode? Yeah. Or or just being turned on. Oh, okay. Uh, 
when I turn on Firefox, again, it takes a long time to open, mm-hmm. and then uh, it'll finally uh, open, and then when I try to open something on there, uh, again, I get the long uh, loop uh, uh, before it, and then it might open, and then in the middle of it, it sort of crashes. It, it, wow. Uh, the, uh, won't move down. And All right. Then, so your machine is pretty much unusable then. Well, no. The weird oh. thing is, if I put up with it long enough, oh. then all of a sudden it's working fine. Oh, okay. So you know, it's I a matter of your it, patience. But I, but I ha- yeah. And then I noticed once when I closed it, uh, it it takes a long time to close. But it, at one point it said waiting for explorer.exe. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen that recently, but it always says, you know, waiting for a program to close. But when I do Control-Alt-Delete and look for a program to close, it never shows anything right. operating. What do you think, Bob? I think that your issue is in your power options. You have a laptop. Mm-hmm. And what I think is happening is when you close the lid, your uh, laptop is hibernating. So it's not. there's a couple of settings that you got. You got sleep and there's hibernating if it hibernates basically it kind of saves all your settings onto the hard drive and shuts itself off Mm -hmm. okay so then when you turn it back on it has to read all the information wherever you wherever you were from the hard drive and that takes time Mm -hmm. so what i would do is go into your power options on your computer and change it from hibernate to sleep Okay, hold on. Go into power options mm-hmm. and change from hibernate to sleep. Yep, Correct. that's what he's thinking. See if that works. Okay. And dig down a little bit deeper and find out where it says to turn off the hard drive Let me, uh, to never. Try and open the power option. So <laughs> is that under control panel? Yeah, yes. but you can just, in the, uh, in the search yeah. option, just type in power options. It'll power come right options. up. We're going to sip out for a break, Jim, so give that a shot. I know you've been on, on hold for a while. Try that, and then we're going to be here till 1030, so you can call back if you still have issues. Okay, and switch. You just said switch from? Yeah, you're going to have to dig down a little bit. Okay. He yes. wants you to turn the not have the hard change drive turn your, off. Change your plan settings. Right. Plan settings. Okay. Yeah, because it's going to be in under your advanced options. Okay, let me do that while you're on commercial. All right, Jim. All right, we're going to step out for a quick break, get to your calls. If you have any calls for Whip City... One eight hundred nine five five three ten eighty. Yes, you can't get that speed here. You got to go there. But she's be you know you guys would be happy to help have us in, up at there in uh, Westfield, right? Sure, we'll set you up tomorrow. <laughs> That's how fast. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk, and we are talking broadband, high speed broadband from folks up in Westfield, Mass. Whip City Fiber, and we are lucky enough to have Aaron. Bean in studio. And what's your title over there? I'm the operations manager. Gotcha. So you're responsible for giving 1,000 megabits to everybody. Yes. <laughs> so Aaron's in studio. And if you have a question, we have a call on the line right now uh, from Chuck in Durham. Uh, we'll bring that up right now. Hey, Chuck, what's up? Hey, how you doing? It's, just, it, it's uh, Jim. Is that correct, your guest? Uh, Aaron. Aaron. Well, blew that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Aaron. Um, so uh, when you're powering, do you have to put a powering device in the home? Are you fiber all the way to the house? It's fiber all the way to the house. The end devices are powered. 
so they do require electricity. Okay, so you're providing uh, some sort of battery backup or something? Uh, we do not provide battery backup, but the customer is uh, more than welcome to provide their own. And do you provide um, content as well as connectivity? No, we do not provide any content at this time. We're really trying to take advantage and, and look at the landscape of the cutting the cord movement. Yeah. So we help customers um, migrate away from typical content providers and going over to the Amazons, the Hulus, Netflix, PlayStation Views, and so on and so forth. So our team is very well educated in how to receive a lot of the content that you might be currently getting and getting it what we call over the top. Okay. Right. Um, <clears throat> I got you. So you're kind of just you're just an internet provider really just an internet you're going to call aaron just no, 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 an no, no, internet no, no. provider <laughs> called better things by worse people no at a thousand megabits he's yeah. a internet fire hose okay great and then um so you had to put in place uh service reps and trucks and everything to service oh yeah well Part of this is we were already a service provider. We were providing electric and uh, natural gas service. So uh, many of the customer service reps were already in place, and we have the bucket trucks to be able to run the cable and the construction crews to be able to, to dig the trenches for the conduits. And so we could leverage upon the skill sets that we already had in, uh, in the business. So you didn't have to add that at all. And then finally, uh, do you go into uh, multifamily dwellings? Like I don't know what the infrastructure is. There. Is there apartment buildings? Uh, yeah, there's apartment buildings. They call them uh, MDUs or, or multiple dwelling units. units yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> there's always these acronyms. It's, it sounds it's like Blade Runner. It's a, it's a computer show, right? There's <laughs> yeah, acronyms exactly. everywhere, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. That's my five questions that I can think of all right, off Chuck. the top of the head. Thanks, sir. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. I did want to say that Whip City has an amazing website, and they answer a lot of questions right there. Yeah, so. just, just to see the price for yourself, just to, to bring it up. And to see a thousand megabits up and down for that price, just to see it, just to see that it exists, and it's it's like it's like amazing. And I'm Mike, sure Mike G has already posted it to their website, so yeah. you can go to Computer Talk with Tab and click on the link to Whip City Fiber and get a lot of your questions answered, and then ask your provider why am I paying so much? <laughs> you can try that, <laughs> but cord cutting is key, right? I mean, that you, I did see that on your website. That was one of your key motivators: is the f fact that everyone including us, would love to cut that cord and get to anywhere but where we are when it comes to access to broadband. Because it's not broad. It's 65 megabits. Actually, 20, 20 megabits is the new broadband level, I think, right? 25, 25. And I think the FCC is looking to actually lower, lower that. Lower that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would contend, again, I think we'll talk about this a little off air. I can do fine with 65 megs. You're offering a fire hose of, of capacity for a very... I'd be happy to pay for that. I'm paying the same amount now for 65 megs. Um, so... I would, if you're able to get this type of connectivity, we're all being overpriced. So what, what Whip City obviously sees is an opportunity. We need more of that in Connecticut. We're still revolutionary, right, Bob? Yeah, right. That's our slogan. <laughs> but we've got the world's largest buggy whip manufacturer's uh, town now offering the fastest internet in the area. That's right. That's just amazing. I love it. Let's get to more. Um, if, yeah, we have to keep going here. We'll go with some more calls here. And uh, again, if you have any questions for Whip City, 1-800-953-1080, and Aaron will take your call. Let's go to Jack in Glastonbury. Hey, Jack. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, I got, I got a problem. Um, I'm working on it, but basically 
Uh, I've, had, I've noticed a symptom where when Windows does its updates on Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever it does them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, then my computer, you know, sometimes I get back, come up in the morning and my computer, the, the uh, little circle will be spinning and it mm-hmm. won't finish. Yep. So, you know, uh, what I decided to do was, uh, when that happens, then I can't get into. I can get into the initial login panels, you mm-hmm. know, where you log in, but then it hangs at that point. Okay. Yep. So what I what I would do is I do the normal checks to see if there was anything wrong and nothing was wrong. So then I'd go back to a restore point mm-hmm. and and get it get it working. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, however, I I <clears throat> this happened on last. Wednesday, yep. and uh, I try to restore point because normally when it does the updates, it creates a restore point. So Correct. I went to that one, yep. and uh, no, no luck. I went back to uh, September thirtieth, a restore point there, and no luck. Yep. So I don't know whether I don't know how, whether I want to keep going backwards in time. <laughs> uh, one of the the good news is I can get into safe mode, and I can. Uh, set up safe mode so it looks pretty much like the way my computer looks normally okay I, well I, if you keep going back to a previous configuration you're, you're almost never updating from what it sounds like if you get an yeah. update and then you go back to the previous it's almost like yeah. you've never updated and you know i hate well, to say it but you really need to wait and let the update finish because yeah, windows the one time i did that and it was like it just kept cranking all day long it was just going. It was hung up. I'm, I'm mm. convinced it was hung up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. How old's your machine, Jack? Yeah, I got it in uh, around uh, 2010, so it's a seven-year-old machine. Yeah. But I, you know, I run that hardware diagnostics and all. That's all fine. No, yeah, your hardware's fine. It's not the hardware, man. You've heard the song. Yeah, but I, I mean, you know, do, do we put Bill Gates up in front of a firing squad <laughs> or what? I mean, you know, that, I know. This, this is his problem. You know, I, I hear I, you. I used to work uh, on mainframes, and they'd run. They'd run. The only time they crash is when you know is when they had to do. They never crashed. They they would take them down for mm-hmm. maintenance. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And these operating systems are driving me nuts. But anyway, I'm I'm right now. I'm looking at the the event viewer, and I'm yeah. seeing something with McAfee. Mm, yeah. And I don't know if that might. Be yes. It. I'm just trying to figure out how I can shut down. Uh, you know, because I've been playing around a little bit with. Uh, yep. The startup stuff that you can do in M- yep. MS Config. Yep. And I don't know if I want to play around with devices or I, you know. I'm no, just, no, no. Uh, you're on the right track when it came to McAfee. Um, yeah. It could be your antivirus program is in your in your way. Uninstall that. Yeah. Um, you can use the built-in Windows Defender. Not um, on seven. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of going is getting rid of McAfee Windows. and going with Defender. It's Windows. Uh, it's not Windows it's Defender. Defender. It's something else in seven. Yeah, I, I, I can find it. That, yeah. That's, uh, A little I greenhouse. I got a couple of questions. Uh, can I uninstall in, uh, software programs in safe mode? Yes. No problem there. Well, I didn't promise that, but you well, can. I didn't promise. <laughs> but what I mean is that the uninstall fe- feature is available in, in safe mode, right? Yeah, you should be able to remove your uh, your McAfee in safe mode. Okay. The other question I got is, uh, can I run what I did in safe mode? I was able to change my screen resolution to make it look almost like what I normally have. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if I can. Do a couple of things like run Outlook because I'd like to communicate with the no. world that I've lost here. No, not not really, you not really not really Outlook. in safe mode. I don't think. Okay. But you, the program needs to access. I would just get rid of get turn off your um, antivirus. 
And then, security yeah. essentials. Security essentials, right. That's what we're thinking of. Uh, turn off your McAfee and then try the update again. Let it run. It's a seven-year-old computer. I know I agree with you with Mr. Gates, but that's an old box. No. And you might be so far behind that you could have some problem. Well, um, no, but what I, what I notice is, is when I go to the uh, uh, installation thing where it tells you that it's installed software and it's yep. installed updates, yep. it always shows the, the, the updates as being installed successfully. No, oh, but you still have trouble. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in other words... When I when when it started to happen, what I started to do, I said, "Well, maybe the updates are just so large, right. I'm just doing them one at a time." And I was doing that, and that seemed to work. Well, that's know, true. I, you could have a capacity issue, but we are running out of time here, Jack. So give that a shot and, and let us know how it goes. We'll be right back.